coaches. Welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for football coaches, and today at least, coaches' wives. Yeah, that's right. Today we're talking with not one or two, but six coaches' wives about the challenges and the joys of being married to a coach. And uh, these ladies do a great job of delivering some outstanding wisdom and insight that will be beneficial for perhaps your wife or girlfriend and for us coaches as well. So uh, more th- on that in a second. First, I got to tell you about our two sponsors that we are partnered with for this season of the podcast. And since today's episode is all about the ladies, I finally gave in uh, and, and to her uh, begging and pleading, and I've enlisted the help of my eight-year-old daughter, Gracie, to tell you guys a little bit about our sponsors, beginning with our coaching network. Gracie, go ahead, girl. Our coaching network is a football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels, helping them get better every week. Our coaching network has live clinics going off usually a couple nights a week and will have hours of quality live coaching clinics this year. With each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to any time in the future subscriptions are super affordable and you can cancel at any time start connecting and learning from coaches all across the country today with our coaching network next up go edit graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing colors text and images to make their own they offer categories like like game day scoring player profiles and communication to name a few the platform is easy affordable and no sign skills are needed go edit graphics is a way to showcase all your sports and athletics and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics and like always mention keep your pads down when you are ordering and receive 25 dollars off your showcase yearly package showcase your athletes with custom made graphics and less than two minutes with go edit graphics this is gracie taylor signing off all right thank you gracie you know she's uh she's been bugging me about being on the podcast for a long time and I always ask her, well, okay, well, yeah, you can be on. What do you know about de- defensive line play? And she said, well, not much, but uh, I got the uh, the best reader award in my class this year. So I was like, okay, well, you can read the sponsor ads for the, the episode that mommy is on. So, so thank you for indulging us today uh, on that and, and uh, be sure to go and check out our sponsors in our coaching network and go edit graphics. Really appreciate those guys for hanging with us for the last two seasons. As I mentioned, we're, we're talking with six coaches' wives about the challenges and the joys of being the wife of a coach, and specifically talk about balancing work and home life during the football season when, when we as coaches are all really busy and you know spending a lot of time at the field house and at practice and uh, watching film and all that kind of thing. We talk about moving on to take another job and what goes into that decision and all the, the, the challenges associated with that. And then we talk about dealing with criticism from fans in the community. It's really, uh, really good to hear what these wives have to say about how they've handled that in the past. And then we talk about the positives of being the wife of a coach. And I asked the ladies about you know, highlights from the past seasons, uh, and, you know, moments, special moments that they remember from the seasons 
uh, past. And, and then we close out with each wife talking about uh, a moment when they were really proud of their husband. So before we dive into that, I'll introduce our panel of coaches, wives, really quick, beginning with my wife, Chelsea. She and I are celebrating our anniversary next week. We've been married for uh, 14, yeah, 14 years this year. I want to make sure I got that right. Uh, next up is Jennifer Gibson, the wife of Coach Josh Gibson. He's our head coach and athletic director here at Pleasant Grove. Uh, then we have Emily Fuller, who's the wife of Clint Fuller. He's the head football coach at Kilgore High School, just down the road from us. Uh, and then we have Desi Hickman. She's the wife of Jeremy Hickman, the newly named head football coach and athletic director at Fort Stockton High School. Coach Hickman's been on this podcast a few times. And then, then we have Jen Cober, who's the wife of Braden Cober, who's also been on this podcast a couple of times, uh, who's currently coaching at Katy Maid Creek High School uh, in Katy, Texas. And then finally, we have Holly Jones, who's the wife of David Jones, the athletic director and head football coach at Tyvee High School in Kerrville, Texas. I worked for Coach Jones for six years there uh, in Kerrville. So we have a ton of fun talking today, and I'm excited for you to hear from these ladies. So let's get to it. Here is the Coach's Wives episode, episode number 142 of KYPD. All right, ladies. Well, let me uh, first start off by saying how excited I am to have all of you on here with me tonight. This uh, this episode is long overdue. Never had uh, a single female guest on the podcast, and now we have six. So that's really awesome. Really glad we're getting to do this. But I want y'all to relax. Uh, I know we have some uh, Bachelor fans on the on the podcast tonight. Um, I'm not a fan. I just watch it because Chelsea makes me. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But I guess this is like our podcast version of the Women Tell All episode. So uh, minus the, the name calling and the crying. And anyway, uh, we'll get started this way. Uh, let's start by having y'all introduce yourselves. Um, you need to give us your, your name, what you do for a living, who you're married to and where you live currently. Desi, Jeremy's uh, has kind of come a, a little bit of a celebrity on this podcast. So you, you can start first introducing yourself. So go ahead, Desi. I am Desi Hickman, and I'm currently living in Fort Stockton, Texas, moving from New Braunfels. Um, he was at Canyon High School, and now he's the um, new head coach at Fort Stockton High School. I am a realtor, and this is going to be our first year, so we're in the process of actually moving to Fort Stockton. Yeah, I know we have a couple wives on here who've done the moving in the summer thing, mine included. And so that's, um, we're going to talk about that and the joys of that. And I say joys with air quotes, but uh, anyway, um, okay, good. Uh, Holly, you're up next. Hey, hi there. I'm Holly Jones. I'm currently living in Kerrville, Texas. I'm a, I'm a realtor. Um, and Desi and I have had a lot of fun working together in Kerrville. Um, I'm, ret I'm a retired school administrator, uh, retired three years ago in 2019. And so um, living here in Kerrville, selling real estate. It's been great. Married to David Jones. Yeah, Coach Bobby Jones. Yeah, married uh, married to Coach Jones, uh, who I worked for for six years at Tyvee there in Kerrville. Loved being with their family. Both of them were my kids, my older kids, uh, Bible class teachers at different times. And so um, that was really cool to be able to uh, uh, have that relationship with them. And so now we'll get to the person I have the closest relationship with on this podcast, 
making her debut, and that's my wife, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea Taylor, uh, married to Ty, live here in Texarkana, and I'm a speech pathologist. We've been here for three years now. This Well, this will be our third year. And um, yeah, fourth year. Okay. I know, time flies when you're having fun. But yeah, we're starting... We've been here three years, starting our fourth year. So I don't right, know how you right. want to say that. Um, I did not coach Chelsea on any of her answers. As you can see, this is all going to be unscripted. So anybody out there wondering that, you know, if we spent all day going over our answers, we did not. Uh, next up is Jen Cober. Hi, I'm Jen Cober. Um, I currently live in Katy. Actually, we live in Richmond, which is just south of Katy. Um, my husband and I both work at Maid Creek. Um, one of the nine high schools in the district. We um, just this we just finished our first year, and so this will be our second year um, at the high school. And I was a um, I've been a high school English teacher and coach for twenty five years, and then I just made a change to elementary PE this last year. So that's quite a different position going from high school teens to mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight year olds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jen, I didn't know we had that in common. I taught English, high school English for 10 years. And now I'm, it's, it's called intermediate school PE here, but it's, it's third, fourth and fifth grade. And you're right. There's a big change in how you talk with to high school kids, interact with them. And so I start my day with middle school kids then have third and fourth grade kids and then high school kids. So it's like, I got to change my tactics. A little know. bit of everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. You still have kids who cry and, you know, over little boo-boos and stuff and, having to get used to handling that is, has been a little bit different, but, uh, okay. Next up is, uh, Jennifer Gibson. I'm Jennifer Gibson. I'm, um, the CT director at Pleasant Grove, uh, in Texarkana. Josh has been, um, my husband, Josh Gibson has been athletic director and head football coach for, uh, this will be our ninth year in Texarkana. And last, but certainly not least, Emily Fuller. What's up, Emily? What is up? So I am Emily Fuller. Um, We currently live in Kilgore, Texas. I am married to Clinton Fuller. Um, He is the head football coach here. We've been here about a year. Um, And I am a senior manager for a consulting and managed services firm um, who I have worked for forever. So that is my introduction. Yeah, and and Emily and Clint were here with us at Pleasant Grove. I I think y'all were here, was it two years? Or three, three, three years, three, it was years. three seasons. Yeah, three seasons. Yeah. And then you so like from, two and a half years. Yeah, you know, yeah if you that's right. Bit, if you that's want right. to be technical about it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And so now they're down the road in Kilgore and, and doing a great job there. Okay. Well, so here's our first, uh, well, this isn't even, this is, we're going to, th- these next two questions are you're just helping us get to know you and your husband a little bit better, but really quick, tell us, you, and you can, this can, anyone can start here. I won't put anybody on the spot. Anyone can start. Uh, since you've been married uh, to your husband, where all have the two of you lived and where has he coached? If you can remember that, um, you know, all those stops. So since you've been married to your husband, where all the two of you lived and where have you coached? Because we probably have some people who are listening who have crossed paths at some point or have some type of connection. It seems like there always is in the coaching world. So um, I'll tell you what, I said we're going to put anybody in the spot, but um, Holly, do you mind starting us out with that one? Let's see. Um, I met David and he was coaching in Allen, Texas, and that was 1998. So we married in 99. We finished that season or we 
married that summer um, of 99 and then moved to Saifair. He was um, the um, offensive coordinator at Jersey Village High School. And then I can't remember the year that Cy Woods opened, but he got to be the first um, head football coach and athletic director at Cy Woods. So then in 2012, we moved to Kerrville. So this will be our 11th season in Kerrville. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, do you remember all the places we've been? Yes. Well, we started out in Oxford, Mississippi. I was going to grad school at Ole Miss. And so you coached at Lafette High School is how they say it there. And then we moved to Kerrville. Um, and we're at Tyvee from 2014 to 2019, and then 2013. Moved okay, 2013. Again, our answers weren't rehearsed. This is all. This is real life. Everyone's getting here. 2013 to yeah. 2019, and uh, 2019 we moved to Texarkana to be Pleasant Grove. Okay, Emily. I think I can probably say all of yours because I know. Or, but I'll let you say it. I think, and I, and I'll, I'll I'll catch you on any mistakes that you might make. Please, please do. So, um, we have been married for twelve years. I knew Clint way before he was ever coaching. Um, I will not go through his middle school coaching career for you guys unless you really want me to, which I can. Um, but we'll start. So we got engaged when he was at Van Alstine. Um, we were at Van Alstine for about a year. Um, and then we went, he was coaching the secondary. Um, from there, we went to Byron Nelson High School in Trophy Club, um, where he was a defensive coordinator. Um, we're at Byron Nelson for about eight years. The head coach that was there left to take a position with the UIL. Um, Clint ended up at Southlake as a secondary coach. So we were at Southlake for a year. And then we moved to, well, we lived in the same house. So we weren't moving because these are all very close. But um, after Southlake, we went to Grapevine Carroll. Um, Grapevine Carroll, Southlake Carroll, Grapevine, I'm sorry. Um, the Grapevine Mustangs for a year. Um, and then where he was defensive coordinator, and then we moved them, made the move to Texarkana. Um, we're at Texarkana for three seasons. And then last summer, we moved to Kilgore, um, where he is now the head coach. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Jen Cobra, where where all have y'all been? Uh, I know a couple of your stops, but not familiar with with all of them. Well, my husband Braden and I met when we were in Coppers Cove. He was had already been there for four years, um, and then I was uh, got a job coaching volleyball there, and we met and we were there for another eight years. Then we moved to Huntsville. We were there for five. Um, we moved to Del Valley for. From Huntsville, we were only there for two years. And then this past year, we just moved to Katy. Great. Okay. And then uh, Jennifer Gibson. Uh, so we started out in Granbury, um, moved from Granbury to Plano, Plano to Frisco, and Frisco to Texarkana. So we really haven't had as many moves as typical coaching families would have. Um, but Texarkana has been our longest stint for nine years. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, Desi. We 
and I'm I'm gonna save myself and I'm not the details dude person. So I'm just gonna stick with the town. Um, but we started out in West Texas, West Calma, Texas, right outside of Waco um, for two years. And then we went to Cypress, Texas with Coach Jones, and then to Kerrville, Texas with um, Coach Jones and um, New Braunfels Canyon, and now Fort Stockton, which is our hometown. Yeah, that's that's all. And yeah, that's a that's really cool that y'all get to go back and do that. Okay, so. Um, y'all all nailed it. Everybody, from what I can tell, did I, did I, I didn't miss anybody, did I? I think I got everybody. Uh, y'all nailed it. Good job. Okay. Hoping um, you're going to miss me. Well, I, I won't, and I won't have you like, you know, which, which Emily kind of did it, but go back and say the mascots of all those schools. Although you probably could you probably have a shirt somewhere down the bottom of your drawer from, you know, three schools ago or two schools ago, something like that. Um, okay. Last question for all of you. Okay, and we'll do this one. I'll, I'll go down. The, I'll kind of go down the line in reverse order. But in a minute or less, tell us how you met your husband. And I'll uh, we'll start with you, Emily. That's cool. That's awesome. Clint and I met in college. Um, he was actually I was <laughs> I was the lab assistant and teacher's assistant for a series of classes that he took. Um, during summer school. So we met while he was in my anatomy and physiology one and two uh, classes. But he is older than I am, for the record. Okay. So. Did he make good grades in that class? Uh, you know, he was a solid C student. Okay. So, you All know. Right. Yeah. He, C, he, C, C's get degrees. We, yeah. C, he's, B, obviously do, you know. he's obviously doing well now. So, okay, good. All right. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, I, again, I'm just going to go in line here cause I don't want to miss somebody. Um, Holly, I've heard y'all's story, but share it with the, uh, with our, with our audience here, how you and, uh, coach Jones met. Well, I don't, I'm not going to tell that story. Oh, so this is it, <laughs> the purple, the purple polo story. Not that one. No. Okay. No. Okay. All right. That's what it was <laughs> a blind date. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David and I, let's see, I was working in the Hershey-Lewis Bedford School District, and he was working in Allen. So we were set up, actually, by mutual friends. So that's that's how we met. That's how we met. Okay. I went to ACU. He went to Harding. So our, our mutual friends kind of got us together. Yeah. And we were both old. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Jennifer, go ahead and, and tell us how you and, and Josh met. Um, so we, we went to, um, high school in Huntsville, Texas. I was 15 and he was 17 when we started going to, uh, card parties, meaning, um, like he was the poker dealer and, um, blackjack dealer. And so we started dating, um, in high school and then pretty quick after high school, uh, it's not it's not even after high school. It was in high school. We, um, we ended up getting married, um, having our first child and have been together for 25 years, um, since 1996. So, so the way he dealt those cards just caught your attention, huh? It's so great. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. I, <laughs> I won. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, Jen Cobra. So Braden and I, well, he was already in Coppers Cove. I got a job coaching there. And my first year there, um, 
our classrooms were across the hall. And you know, as teachers, you stand in the hall during passing periods. And so we got to talking and that's, that's how we met. And, um, you know, there's, there's kind of a joke because I am a little bit older than him. And then, um, it, we met in 2006 and got engaged eight years later. (laughs) And so, but we've been together since 2006 and, um, yep, that's our story. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's good that y'all <laughs> he's are looking uh, at me right now. Yeah. Hey, tell him, chill out. He's had his, he's had his time on this podcast. He, he's had plenty of opportunity. Yeah. All right. Uh, other from, from, we've already had one set of high school sweethearts. We're going to go to the next one. Desi, tell us how you and Jeremy met. Jeremy and I met, I had actually moved back to Fort Stockton. Um, my mom had moved away and I decided I wanted to come back to Fort Stockton and graduate from Fort Stockton. So I moved back to Fort Stockton and there used to be, you would go on the drag. And so a mutual friend of mine was talking to Jeremy. And so that's how Jeremy and I got acquainted and and knew each other and um, started dating from there. There's, there's an argument about who chased who, but (laughs) I am just like Jen older than my husband by a year, depending a little bit a little bit longer, depending on when you catch us, because my birthday is October and his is in May. So he loves that span after, but that's where we met in high school. Awesome. And then, all right, that's everybody, right? We can move on? No? Okay. All right. Uh, Chelsea, tell everybody the embarrassing story of how we met. Well, so we met at Harding and Ty, basically Ty stalked me for a while and then asked me out on Facebook and it was a semi-blind date because um, I had never seen him before, but he had followed me around for months. And um, (laughs) so that's it. Then the rest is history. It's been 15, it'll be 15 years this next, next summer. Yeah. Yeah, 14 years this year. Okay. I do have to clarify the stalker thing. I mean, I wasn't like, peeping in her dorm room and like going through her track, you know, like nothing like, like that would get me arrested. I saw her on campus and this is when Facebook was like brand new and it was only on college campuses. And so I found her on Facebook. And so I saw that she was dating somebody. And so I just kind of waited until they broke up. And then, yeah, I didn't, I sent her a message on Facebook. That's, I wish there was some more romantic way or something, but that's what happened. So. Okay, next question. Let's move on. All right. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna move into. I know there's there aren't any of these, but you know we'll just hypothetically say talk about the challenges of being a coach's wife, right? It's all we we know it's all uh, rainbows and butterflies, and you know like the Friday Night Lights TV show and everything's good. Uh, here's the first question, uh, coaches. You know we work long hours during the fall. How do you handle your responsibilities with work and? family life during the football season? Um, and maybe, maybe how did you handle that at the beginning when you're, you know, a young, younger, or how do you handle it now? And, and maybe some advice that you have, but just how do you handle that, uh, that football season when it can be um, really difficult when your husband's, you know, working at the field house and, and just doing a lot of, a lot of stuff away from home to get, get ready for his job. I told Chelsea, I was going to ask her this question, but I said, I wouldn't ask her first. So 
because I'm just going to pick pick on Emily here because I know she has young kids kind of like us. And so I'll let her let her answer this question. So I personally try to plan all of my business trips during football season so that I don't have to deal with any. No, I'm just kidding. That's totally a lie. Um, you know, I think I think the longer you do it, the easier that it gets. I think that the the responsibility never it's never going to go away and so you just kind of do it you know you don't overthink it you just know what has to happen i think we are and ty you you know clint and chelsea jennifer gibson y'all know clint clint is extremely regimented um i am a little more free-spirited but i will say that during the season we are much more res- regimented as a family and I think that that has helped us to really streamline a lot of different things. I think that prioritizing what's realistic during season um, and what other people can help you with. You know, I will not lie. We do a lot of dry cleaning um, during football season. I do a lot of laundry at the dry cleaners during football season. And that is because it just takes that one thing off off my plate. It's just any little thing that I can outsource um, for a realistic amount of time or money. Um, I, you know, kind of identify those early on and we just need the the week routine, just kind of roll with it. I think having the kids, you know, ours are eight and nine. Um, and having them really on board with season and having them love the love the game and, and love being a part of the season helps with that some too, um, because you don't ever have to have those, you know, kind of family battles about, you know, dad's working late. We don't talk about dad working late at our house. We talk about dad being gone to help the football boys. Um, and that's something that we've done, you know, since the kids were very little, because I never wanted for them to feel like work was prioritized over him being home because I, I don't believe that that's really ever, ever the case. So I think it's kind of, it's a little bit of a mindset. It's a little bit of um, finding other people to do things for you when you can. And then, you know, from there, you just kind of roll with it. There, I, there's no, I, there's no magic bullet. Um, you know, you just take it a day at a time and survive, I guess. Yeah. I think, uh that word survive or probably a lot of y'all I would assume could maybe uh resonate with that you know um Chelsea I've been wondering this for 14 years how do you do it how do you uh handle things at home while I'm gone you mean as far as work-life balance is that the question yep family life house all of it yeah I think it's just mental preparation, you know, the, I think the first year of you coaching, I was not prepared, but now I know to prepare myself for you being busy a lot of the time. And I think that, um, well, you know, in the summer, it's great because we can kind of share the, the housework and the, you know, with the kids and everything. But when football season starts, your workload increases and so does mine. And, um, we're, both kind of achievers. So I think it's, I just mentally know that I have to kind of step up my game more work to do. And, and, um, and I'm fine with that. And I think it's just knowing ahead of time, what's, what's going to come. 
kind of helps um, prepare myself at just uh, having the expectation that it's going to be more more work for everybody, but then also that that there's a light at, at the end of the tunnel and that there's you know summer to come and um, and so I think that's what gets us through it. But um, as far as managing the busy schedule, it's it's just it's crazy busy, but we find a way to do it. Yeah, having a kid during football season a couple years ago wasn't maybe the smartest decision, though. So that 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 made things even more uh, crazy around our house. But we've uh, we're we're, we're kind of getting through that, right? We're um, we're through the diaper stage, and so that's yeah. um, that's good. Um, all right. So any anyone else have any input uh, on that on on just how to you know manage things at home or how you how you balance things. I mean, a lot of y'all, you've already kind of talked about your jobs. You're, you're super busy along with your husband. And so that doesn't mean just life stops for everyone else. So anyone else on how you've handled that? I'll chime in. Josh and I have been married since we were kids. And so football season has just been, we, this will be our 26th football season. So I don't know life outside of this lifestyle. So I really don't know what it's like before there was you know a football season to look forward to um and i may be missing out on things that uh that otherwise i i you know didn't realize from not having kids and not being a coach's wife or football player's wife pretty much my whole life and so um i really really look forward to it i love football season um i love all the the games and the the events and the meals and the camaraderie with all of the players and, and really getting to know and, and kind of grow with a lot of these kids. Part of that though, is because I'm in the school system. So I get to, to watch them in school and outside of school and playing ball. But, um, but our kids are 25 and 17. Um, so we're not, we're kind of out of the phase. So for the parents who have, or the wives that have, um, little kids, um, and savor it because it goes so fast, really, really fast. And then all of a sudden your kids are uh, either playing on the team or finishing out their seasons. We have two more seasons with our son playing and he was contemplating not even playing um, this season and he's just committed. He recommitted today. So uh, he's, he's told me I need to work on his, his diet and get him, you know, bigger cause he's, he's losing weight, not gaining weight. And he's kind of trimmy because we're little people, but um, you know, it is fun. It's, it's, um, kind of, I'm not looking forward to him being out of it and, and our kids not being part of it, um, invested in it. Like they have been this whole time that I've been a football coaches or football players, um, spouse. So, um, enjoy it. Cause it, it's gone in a flash. Okay. Anybody else on that? I did want to say because I'm I'm the same as Jennifer as far as this has always been our life too because we were younger but we definitely had some struggles early on because I wasn't anticipating the amount of time that Jeremy was going to do and you know he did have a year where he thought when our children were younger is this really is this time really worth being away from our children so much so we did 
you know, make adjustments on their schedule or try to be included, um, include our family into the events, but also for our own marriage, make a priority when you do have those blocks of time to schedule things for family or for couples or um, whatever. And Jeremy just made like that had to be a priority and we had to schedule it and we had to um, make time for those things because it was, it was hard early on. And um, I, I'm in the phase, you know, I think about it. Labor was when the moms who have the younger kids, you're running around the stands and all of that stuff. And, and your husband's working, and you're trying to do dinner, or it's, you know, late games, I'm in a totally different stage now. I'm not, so I have to kind of think back and remember some of those wives that are in this stands. I'm also lucky that Coach Jones, who's a very big family man, Jeremy and I have been with him for a huge chunk of our coaching time because it does make you feel a little bit better when family's always welcome or group gatherings or something that's um, important. So that is a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll second that. I mean, I, we've just now been fortunate, you know, with working in, in Kerrville and Mount Pleasant Grove, um, where it's, I mean, I, my kids are at the, we're at the field house today. They'll, they'll be there tomorrow. And, you know, they're up there all the time. So that's just kind of like their, their second home, but it's, it's great when, you know, and this is how it was in Kerrville and how it is at Pleasant Grove where you don't feel like it's a, it's a burden on anybody and they're welcome. And the, the players come up and, you know, talk to them and the coaches come up and talk to them. And, and so I think that does make it easier in turn because now those ki my kids today, you know, we, we, they had uh, lunch with one of our kids today. And uh, the other day, my son said, Hey, I saw, you know, so-and-so in the weight room today and he came up and gave me nuts, you know? So that's, that then kind of makes it easier on them because now they feel a part of what we're doing as coaches. Uh, another thing that, that you've kind of, we've already sort of alluded to is moving. And, um, you know, over the years, you know, you know, you take it, you take it, you decide, you know, you're going to, you know, leave a place and, and, you know, that's really a tough thing to, um, you know, a tough decision to make, even when it's somewhere you want to go, you know, maybe, you know, it's a promotion or whatever, but I guess just, uh, over the years when you and your husband have, have made a move so he could take another job, like how did you come about making that decision, deciding if you're going to do it, not going to do it, what factors, you know, went into making that decision? And I guess what advice would you give to other coaches who and their wives who might be faced with the same decision? And uh, Jen, Cobra, I'll start with you because I know, again, y'all moved not that long ago. So I'll let you start with this one. So the times that we have moved, um, Every time that wherever we've interviewed, we always go together. Um, so if it's in, when we left Cove, I got out of coaching in Copper's Cove, said, hey, if you want to go somewhere, let's go. And then we interviewed at two places and um, I went both times and um, it was his interview. It was his, you know, job that he was looking at. But that's kind of how we work. Um, and then when we went to Del Valley, the same. And then when we came here, the same. And so whenever we are considering moving, if an interview comes up, we always go together. We check out the town, the area, um, the school. Um, there, Even last year when we interviewed here in the Katy area, um, I got to kind of have an informal um, interview with the principal, you know, just 
it wasn't my interview, but the principal visited with me knowing that I was certified and was looking for a job as well. So that that's kind of how we operate. And I don't know if there's like any specific logistics that help us decide. I think we just kind of go with our gut, you know, is that, and I'm a gut person for sure. Um, but you know, the people we meet, who we might know or who we might not know and just what the position is and just kind of, you know, you just weigh it all out and decide what's the best thing. And one thing that I've learned over a long time is there's really no wrong answer. You just have to make a decision and your decisions are within yourself and you just have to make a decision. So that's kind of how we go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Holly, I'll ask you because I know coming to Kerrville from you know, from Cyprus, that was a big yeah. move and kind of a culture change for y'all. So how did y'all make that decision? And, and other times you moved as well. How have you kind of made that decision together? I think that Kerrville um, was always a place I loved and we became more acquainted with Kerrville growing up in Fort Stockton and going back and forth to see parents. And as my parents were aging, it seems like those trips became more frequent. So uh, when this job opened, it was really a great opportunity for us to get closer to family. And another thing that David has always dreamed of doing are the, the things you can do in a one high school town, kind of a one horse town that you can't do in South Fair with 10 high schools um, at that time, only 10. Um, so a lot of the, the things, it's great because everybody's an antler in Kerrville. Doesn't matter, you know, you grow up and you're, everybody's at the Friday night football game. So yes, that's challenging. But I grew up in a small town where we're all, you know, Panthers. So it was great to return. And um, the other thing we didn't have to make decisions is I was an assistant principal and a principal in another district in the Houston area. So our kids didn't have to decide which district they were going to go in. So it was kind of nice for our family to come and all be in Kerrville and being together and uh, be in the same community, the same schools. And, um, you know, the people you saw at church or the people you saw on Friday night and the people you saw in the grocery store and you know, so it's been a it's been a great move for us to get to that small town. It's kind of our our goal at the end of um, as our kids have gotten older and growing up in the small town. So it's kind of been our our goal to to be here. And um, when we um, were in South, it, when David got the job at Southwoods, my boys were um, just born in June. So I have twins. So that's a, a blur. I don't really remember any of of that. But um, working and, and juggling, it was so good to get to this area and watch our kids grow up and, and just be in the community. Our, da our daughter now is 21 and graduated from Tyvee, and the boys now will be sophomores at Tyvee. So they started kindergarten here. So it's great. It's been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, and, and we could, you know, if we went and talked to everybody about their, their experiences, I know Emily's had that experience of being in a big city and being at a school where it's just a part of a, you know, it's one school and a lot of, with a, you know, in, in a district and then coming to Pleasant Grove or yeah. probably a little bit of a culture shock coming from DFW. Not probably it is. Um, Emily, how have y'all, how, how have y'all handled the moves when you've had to make them? You know, I, um, th there's, okay, there are two times, but there's, there's really only one time whenever I actually did ask Clint for us to not move. Um, and I was working, I had just had my daughter, I was working really hard in my career. So I was, I was at this point of trying to juggle, you know, 
being a, a career person who had just had this baby. And it was actually Coach Gibson who came and asked Clint if we would go to Pleasant Grove with him. And that must have, Jennifer, I don't remember what year that was, but I think y'all had already been there a couple of years and the, the defensive coordinator left and Josh showed up at our house in Trophy Club. And he was like, hey, I want you to take this job. And I grabbed the baby and I went upstairs because I was just not mentally prepared to even entertain that conversation. And so I, that is the one time um, when I have actually just told Clint, I was like, I can't, I, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Um, and then we, we came to agreement. I was like, look, I said, I need to figure out how to be a mom <laughs> because that unbeknownst to us, we had another child very shortly after, uh, we had Dylan. So Phil came 14 months later, which that was awesome. But I didn't cry at all when I found out I was pregnant that time. Um, but you know, we had an agreement and I just told him, I said, look, if I can get to this point in my career, I will go wherever you ask me to go. Like I will, I will have, I will be able to create the flexibility as long as I have internet access and I have an airport. I said, you know, we can live where you think we should live. Um, and so from that point on, you know, we, we did stay in DFW a little bit longer and that was largely to allow me to kind of, you know, continue to, to build what I felt like I needed to build for myself. Um, and then, you know, Josh came back and, and asked Clint if, if he wanted to come back to Texarkana. I had probably never been east of Tyler, um, maybe. And so I was like, hey, like, I don't actually know where that is, but it sounds like it's probably really far away. Can we go? Can I see it? Can we just drive through there? Just let me see the town. I don't need to meet people. I don't need to talk to anybody. I just need to see it. and and feel it from a car window. And we went and say the weekend with Josh and Jennifer and, you know, we were there for a couple hours. We, we met the booster club president and I, you know, it was one of those things where you just, we just knew in that instance, like we knew that that was going to be, you know, a really good fit for, for our family. Um, I was extremely excited about getting the kids out of DFW. Um, there was one other, you know, Clint interviewed for another job and, and it was actually close to Texarkana. Um, I told him I needed to drive over and look at that town and we drove over there and we were in that town like 15 minutes and I have never prayed for my husband to not get a job except for that one. Um, and he didn't get that job. And then we ended up at Kilgore. So shortly after um, he found out he did not get that particular job. He interviewed for the Kilgore job and, and, and similar story. You know, we, we came to Kilgore, Clint grew up here um, and, and it was always kind of a, a bucket list and a, a dream of his to, to come back and coach here. His dad coached at Kilgore College um, and he's got you know, really great memories of being a kid here. And he, it was really special to him to be able to share that with our kids. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a great fit. It was kind of a similar thing. You know, we, we came into town and, and looked around and just kind of knew, you know, yes, this is very different. Um, I don't have, you know, my big thing is grocery stores because I, I do like to cook. So that was my hardest thing. Um, and leaving DFW and going to Texarkana was not having, you know, the central market and the whole foods and all the things. Um, but you know, you, you learn, you learn how to, do other things. So 
Um, we've learned how to eat out a whole lot because now I just don't like going to the grocery store as much, but, um, you know, you just kind of figure it out. And for, you know, for us, like Clint, Clint has generally pretty good judgment. And I, I know that he's not going to make a decision that that's not right for, for our family. And so, um, you know, as long, again, if I have an airport and internet, then, you know, I've, I've, it's kind of our deal. I, I will figure out how to make that work if it's what he believes is, you know, truly the best path for our, our family as a whole. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. All right, well, okay, I know this never happens, but let's just say, again, hypothetically speaking, you're sitting in the stands uh, on a Friday night and you know, if your husband coaches offense, the offense doesn't score, your husband coaches defense, they're getting, you know, the, the other team is scoring at will, fans start chirping a little bit, or, you know, you're at the grocery store, and you hear somebody talking, you know, you just hear, you, you get some, you know, some negativity from or criticism from people in the community or whatever. How do you handle that as, as, as a wife, you know, whether it's, whether it's criticism of the team, or, of, of your husband directly, like how have you handled that in the past or uh, currently, whatever, uh, whatever the case may be, Jennifer Gibson, I'll start with you on that one. Since y'all have been here the longest and are been, been here for a long time, probably the perception from people listening is like, who would criticize Josh? I mean, two state championships has been a three, like surely it's there. Everyone is cool with, with everything that he's doing. Um, but obviously that's not the case. So how have you handled that? People are cool until their kids aren't getting the playing time that they think that their kids need to have. But um, I, am I saw a, a lot of heads shaking on this on this on this Zoom meeting when, when you said that. Maybe some amens there. So okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's real cool with coach when their kids play in the time that they you know that all parents think that their kids need to play. But that's just not how it is. Um, you all as coaches, um, not just the head coaches. All staff know the players way better than the community does. And so my standpoint, and I'm a very, I'm a pretty passive personality until it comes to my job. And then I make sure that that things are taken care of. But when it comes to football, he knows what he's doing. You guys know what you're doing as far as coaches on the staff. And so if the community has something to say, I refer to those people as the know-it-alls who know nothing because that's typically what's happening is they don't know what's going on. They don't know that a kid has badmouthed a teacher or has talked bad to somebody in the classroom. So that's the reason why that kid's not playing. They don't know that. And so my stance on all of that is people are going to talk because, and people are going to get online and say rude things because that's what our society does these days. And so those words, they don't, they bother me. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's to the extent I'm not going to fire back at people because that's not my personality. And I have a good Christian faith behind me knowing that, you know what, they'll be sorted out later. That's not my job to sort them out. It is my job to be supportive of my husband, supportive of his coaching staff, and to make sure that I am on my best behavior in the stands so that he doesn't have to deal with my drama on the flip side after that game is over and after the community has simmered down, because I don't want to add his, I don't want to add that to his plate and have him dealing now with him having to back me up or defend me because I have popped off on somebody or popped off on social media or anything like that. I stay away from it. I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm pretty low key person. I like to stay behind the scenes. Um, this is very unique for me to even be on this podcast. I asked Josh, I was like, what, what is this? And, uh, and he was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, give it a shot. You know, Ty just asked. And so, um, so I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give this, this is a safe zone for me. You all are safe for me to, uh, to talk amongst. Safe and, place. um, safe but otherwise place I'm behind the scenes. Yeah, totally safe. And so I feel comfortable in this venue. Um, but outside, I, I don't talk to parents about football. Um, I don't talk to parents about their players. I don't let parents talk to me about their players too often, which may or may not make me a good coach's wife. But you know what? It has saved me a lot of grief and headache over the years to not get involved and not engage in that in that conversation that they can't control, I can't control. But I know that he's got it under control because he knows what he's doing. His coaches know what they're doing. All of them are on the same page. And as long as all of his coaching staff are on the same page and they've got their players covered and their players taken care of, then it's not really my job to step in and start being the, you know, police officer of what people say in the stands, because all that's going to do is create more work for him. And I have seen, not on our staff um, ever, or any of the staffs that we've been a part of, but I've heard things where it becomes more work for the coaches when their wives um, start making comments to fans and things like that. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that, but it, it becomes more work for the family and it comes here or my comments to reflect negatively on him either. Um, so I'm pretty cautious. And when I say pretty cautious, I'm like overly cautious. Um, I would rather, just keep my opinions um, to myself in those scenarios. But there have been times I've wanted to because that's danger zone and it creates more work for him. And I'm not willing to do that because he's got enough work as it yeah. is and he doesn't have to deal with, I don't need him dealing with my extra drama because I'm real. I don't, I don't really have any drama. I'm very low key. Well, yeah. And, and it's, it's tough. I'm sure because you know, there's that, is thing of like you want to defend your husband because you know those people don't know and you want to try to set the record straight like well you know your kid's just not very good you know something uh and you, you and then it can be kind of it can be innocent or pure in the way that you're trying to just come to the defense of your husband but you're right i think it's kind of like one of those things you know when you when you i don't know what the saying is i'm gonna butcher it but you you know you mess play mess with the pigs you're gonna get mud on you or something like that i don't know um, and so maybe we're calling those people pigs, but, but anyway, you know, like, like you can't, I guess, stoop to their level or whatever as, as hard as it might be. But, um, Jen Cobra, I'll ask you the same thing. And, and cause I think, you know, you've worked in the same school as Braden. So maybe you hear it in the school as well. Like kind of having that, that aspect to it, like how have you handled criticism from the community? Um, I think the biggest thing that being in the position I'm in is and I, and I'll hear Braden say the same thing is if, if a parent's complaining, if a kid's complaining, then you need to say, have you talked to your coach? You know, like if, if a kid's complaining that they're not playing, well, you need to go talk to your coach and find out. Now I know Braden is exceptional at communicating with his players, um, their expectation, um, what their playing time looks like. There's no secret. It's not like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get to play. Those kids know ahead of time um, what 
where what their role is and a good coach lets their kids know what their role is but and then if a parent talks to me about it you know like I said it's about making sure that saying hey has your child talked to coach Cobra or coach whoever about this problem and put it back on them because there's nothing I can do about it I'm not on the sideline on Friday night I can't make my husband or any coach play a kid, you know? So, and as far as being in the stands, I like what Jennifer had to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not one that's going to turn around and be like, Oh, be quiet. Da, 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 da. You know, that's just, that's, I, I don't like hearing that stuff, but I'm just going to brush it off because I know that they have no idea what they're talking about. All the stuff that Jennifer mentioned, the behind the scenes stuff that you don't know if this kid what happened in school that week, or maybe they missed a whole week of practice and you don't even know it or just whatever. Those parents have no clue. And most of the time, the people that complain the most aren't even parents. It's just people that come to watch the game and they don't even have a kid in the stands. They're just there. And they're like, why isn't so-and-so da da? You know what? You don't know what's been going on that week. You haven't been watching game film, practice film. You haven't done all that stuff. So I just kind of let it roll off my shoulder. I don't like it. But I also, I also, and I'm sure all these other wives do the same thing. Try not to sit in the middle of it at the game. You know, we have a, a good spot in one. We have two stadiums in Katy and one of them's literally designated for coaches' wives away from everybody else. So that's nice. But I, I'm not going to sit right in the middle of parents either. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, fortunately for us, we have headsets on, so we don't hear a lot of the stuff, but I, I pull mine off a lot. Um, cause it's hard to talk to the kids and, um, I always laughed and no matter whatever school I've been to, there's always been the mom that yells, sack the quarterback. And I'm a defensive coach, like sack the quarterback. And so, you know, a couple of times, like we're I'm like, guys, someone's mom is telling us sack the quarterback. So I don't know why I haven't been thinking of that, but like, let's, let's try that this series. Okay. So let's, let's go out there and try to sack the quarterback. Let's do that. Okay. Ready? Break. All right. Um, no, but there, you know, you can hear that stuff coming through and, and it's even for us sometimes, and again, I don't hear a lot of it. It kind of depends like we go on an away game or where we're closer to the, the fans, you know, when you're in a away uh, stadium, there's not as many fans. So it's easier to hear uh, people, but yeah, that can be tough for sure. Um, but anyone else have anything on that before we move on? I think Ty, it's hard in small town. And I never, ever want to engage in the negative. I always want to stay positive and take the high road in all situations. And I, I think that um, there's no coach that wants to lose a game for the kids. Main, main, not, it's not for them. It's not for their ego. It is for those kids. So they want what's best, and they want to put the kids in positions where they will be more, more successful and the most successful. I think the hard part is those are kids down there. These are their best years, and we've got to support them. And you know, I, I know David will will ask families, you know, when you speak negatively at home, then it 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 doesn't help us build relationships with the kids. We all need to be, you know, working together. And I think those are hard conversations and we have to handle it so delicately, especially in a small town. But you know, I think the bottom line is we all love these kids and we want them to do their best. Yelling from the stands, coaches losing it on the it, it's not ever gonna going to help us all be together. So it's, it's, it's got to be unified. And I think that's the best approach. And I, I do sit there and you bite your, you know, you bite your tongue and you try not to think about it or worry about it. But I like what I think Jennifer, you said, God's got it. 
you know, it's all going to work out. And these are, these should be the really the best, the best years of these kids' lives. And our husbands want to win as bad at, you know, for those kids, they want them to win and be successful. So anyway, take the high road. Yeah. And then when you see them at a restaurant or at the grocery store, you still take the high road. Cause it yeah, happens. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice. And, and, um, you know, again, it's, it's, you mentioned just being a small town. That's, that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, the double-edged sword of being in a small town. It's great for all those things you talked about earlier, but then it can kind of be, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a district with 10 schools, you can sort of lose yourself in, you know, in just the big city and not have to listen to it as much. Um, so, you know, there's, there's good and bad uh, on both. Um, and, and you made a great point. And, and I know Jeremy would always talk about this. He, you know, he'd, he'd say this to a kid maybe who might've screwed something up, you know, um, you know, we're trying to pay our light bill with these guys, you know, uh, that, that you do put a lot on 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids. Um, one example from our, our season, our game this past season, we're going into halftime and we're losing the game. It was a second round playoff game um, that we ended up coming back and winning in double overtime, but we're, we were talking we were frustrated with two guys on our team in particular, and both of them were freshmen that we pulled up. And so we're talking like, God, I can't believe those guys. And then we said, we both stopped and we're like, those are 14 year old kids out there playing in the star second round playoff game. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, so you kind of had to check yourself a little bit and go, man, all right, let's, let's, let's chill out here a little bit and uh, maybe pump the brakes on on those guys and, and cut them a break a little bit, but yeah, it is true. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, trying to uh, sometimes get those guys, you know, all doing what you ask them to do. And doesn't matter how many times you coach it, they can still find a way to screw it up. But um, okay. Well, let's now move into some more positive stuff. Let's talk about the rewards of being a coach's wife and just the joys of that. And that's kind of how we'll close, uh, close things out tonight. Um, so I'll just kind of open this one up for anybody. Uh, but what have been some highlights that you've experienced uh, at, I'm you. Oh, Siri on my watch is talking. She thought I was talking to her. But what have been some highlights you've experienced as a coach's wife over the years? You know, whether it be big wins or, you know, relationships with other coaches, uh, coaches' wives, you know, kids, whether on your husband's team or your own kids, et cetera. What have been some highlights along the way? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in and say relationships with other coaches, families, um, especially Ty, Chelsea, Kerrville families that we met and um, Cypress families, like it's, it's good and refreshing to get around people who get it, who know what you go through and how much work your husband puts into it. So those relationships are very, very important to me. And to have, uh, even if we're not in the same town anymore, to have those friends to reach out to, to talk to, to vent, to, um, celebrate to just catch up to just be normal just to have some kind of normal friends in your life for um for a lifetime so that that's been the great thing for me with coaching because I'm not um I'm a little more shy so <laughs> it's been good getting to meet different people where we've been and being lifelong friends yeah I would a hundred a hundred percent agree with that I think you know, some of my, some of my closest relationships and some of my best friends are, are people that we've coached with and, and, you know, it's wives and, and coaches both, you know, we've got, you know, 
lifelong friends from when we were in Van Alstine and and then Byron Nelson. And then we all kind of split and went our ways and we were all really depressed for a year until we realized we could still be friends. But, um, you know, and then, you know, definitely like with the staff at Pleasant Grove. I mean, I think that, you know, the having a strong, having a strong staff and having a staff that's willing to, to invest in each other and build those relationships is, is one of, in my opinion, is the most rewarding parts of the lifestyle and, and just being a part of all of it. Um, so I think that's, that's probably my favorite part. I think it's celebrating the wins, being there when you, when you're having a tough season. I think it's those baby showers, wedding showers, birthday parties. You know, it's just life. It's living. And it's, it's, it is an extended family. And having grace for each other, too, you know. All right, Chelsea. Everyone's wondering if you're uh, still with us. I'll let you uh, add on to that one. Well, I mean, I, I will just echo that. The community, um, that's, that's the football community wherever you know, the places that we've been, it's hard moving, um, making friends. It's just in building relationships. You just can't, it's not something you can just microwave and you build instantly. But when you, you know, when you have people, I mean, both in Kerrville and, and here in Texarkana, when we moved, we had people bring us meals and invite us to ride to games with them. And I mean, those, um, those are kind of what, you know, what, what builds your relationships with, with people. And I think that that's just, um, I think that's something that is unique to coaching families. I I mean, I just, I don't know of, of any other career where it's really like that, you know, and I think that makes the moves easier. I do want to say one more thing, Ty, um, just because I was thinking about, um, past students that Jeremy has coached or taught or boys and girls, um, when they continue to send him messages, you know, he's, he gets emails or text messages or phone calls or whatever, um, that he gets from them later down the road, just to know that the time that my family sacrificed, uh, or the time away that Jeremy was away from our family, um, and to hear these kids actually understand what he was doing and, and what he was trying to teach them, to hear them appreciate all that he gave to them, um, that's more for him. But it's rewarding for me to, to see that he's getting those. And he doesn't even need them, but it's nice to have that the kids reach out to him and say those things. So those are always nice to have that he's got those great relationships that reach out to him that um kind of make it all make all the the noise and the stands and the everything else just go away when you think about like we're we're, we all know our husbands are doing everything for the right of the kids whether everybody else knows that or not um and and sometimes it takes a couple of years or it could be immediate but just to have that is 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 rewarding to me to see my husband get some of those, that, that feedback from, from kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that kind of, kind of segues into our, our next question here. And what's just talk about a time when you were really proud of your husband. 
Um, maybe it was after a, you know, a big game or maybe it was like, like he gets a note from a kid or, um, you know, helped a kid through a tough situation or handled a tough season with a you know, positive attitude or just, just talk about a time. I guess take a few minutes to uh, brag on your husband. I'll start. So last, was it last spring? We had um, a player that drove all the way from Kerrville up here so that Ty could baptize him because of the influence that Ty had on his life as a coach. And um, I've, goodness, I've just seen it so many times with these young boys who are so impressionable and the amount of time that the coaches spend with them, I, they just have so much influence on them. And so um, just seeing those positive decisions that they make, at, you know, after they've left, um, you know, left high school and, uh, you know, they're still reaching out like Desi was saying and um, uh, uh, talking about the positive influence they've had on their life. So that was that I think that was um, really special with that kid. And, um, and then also I will say, going back to the last question, talking about some of the great things about this career is I, um, I will never, never, ever complain about the amount of time spent in the fall because the summers are great, right? I mean, we just went on three vacations <laughs> and what other, what other job allows that? I just think that's such a, a great thing. I mean, the amount of time that you get to spend with your kids all summer is, is uh, such a blessing. And so that's, that's one thing I love about, about this career. Yeah. I'm going to um, chime in kind of off of what um, Chelsea was saying about the developing relationships. And I know that, um, man, the big wins are fun, you know, and I, I don't know about you ladies, but I get just as nervous for games as probably they do. And it's exciting and hearing the band play and just all that stuff. But like the goal line stands and the big playoff wins and all those things are amazing. But when you, when you witness and see the impact your husband has on the kids, when you see them spinning their money to buy a meal because a kid can't afford it, or um, they're taking kids home because they don't have a ride and things like that. Like it just, the heart that my husband has for these boys, just that's what makes me proud, you know, and the difference he's making in their lives. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, anybody else? Um, I'll jump in real quick on that too. Um, proud moments. The wins are always something to be proud of the, um, championship. I mean, that was the championship run that we had from 17 through 19. Um, those are incredible moments and some moments that coaches dream of having the opportunity to, um, to get to experience, but, um, most proud, um, one of our football players, um, got himself into a bad situation into prison. Um, he did something wrong. It wasn't as egregious as, um, his sentence was set for, but it was still, um, it was out of character for him. He's, he's a great person. I mean, he, you know, he came and he spent time at our house and he spent time with our family and, 
Um, and we spent a lot of time with this kid, long story, shortened, really short. Josh spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort to get him released from prison early. And so he spent two years in prison. He was expected to spend minimum of five, uh, maximum of 20. And um, he is out now on scholarship, about to head to Harding to go play football and get his life back on track. And he's been working out. He's on the right track. He has, his life has, what could have been really, really bad um, because of the heart of his coaches and the people who know him better than the justice system knows him. um, And these people who had faith in him um, has changed his life and he's going to make something of himself now. And, um, and a lot of that was, um, I I would say, I mean, 85% of that is what Josh did um, to get him released from prison with all of the calls to the lawyers and to the justice system and all the letters he had people write on behalf of this player. And, um, that is something, um, I'm, I'm just so, so proud of because this player also has now an extreme faith and is walking a really strong path to where he's going to be a viable, um, community member and somebody that's, you know, I think going to make a positive impact um, for his life and for his community, wherever he ends up. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a, a great thing to watch, um, from afar and, and just to, to see that. And I'm also so glad he's going to, to Harding, um, and that he's getting that opportunity. That's a really cool part of the story as well. Uh, anyone else? I think the wins are great. I think that the year that Cy Woods beat Dallas skyline and the fourth or whatever round of the playoffs, those are always, you go home on a high. But I do think it is the relationships that our husbands get to build with the players over time. It's great to get those texts from those kids who are graduated and struggled through high school or even the ones that didn't, that have just gone on to be, um, you know, a big asset in their community. It's, it is great. It's about the relationships, I think, that, um, that our husbands do get to build. It's it. There's no better. There's no better. Everybody's a coach. You know, when you're once a coach, you're always a coach. Those kids. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anyone else? Okay. I can't be the only one that doesn't say something. Well, I didn't want to say, Emily, I didn't want to call you out and like like I made you. He hasn't baptized anybody and he didn't get anybody (laughs) out of prison. But I mean, no. Um, you know, we we've talked about the relationships. I think that, you know, that with Clint you know, watching his, um, just his growth throughout his career from the time that he, you know, was a, a junior high coach to when he had to coach girls soccer for a year. That's a fun story. We'll talk about that sometime. Um, to, you know, to, to watching him progress through, you know, his relationship with himself, you know, as a, as a teacher, as a football coach, um, as a community leader and just seeing, you know, he, he has always been passionate. He's always been intense. Clint is the, and everyone should, uh, we will all say this about our husband. So I'm not saying that he works harder than your husband, but my husband is the most hardest working man that I have ever, that was terrible grammar that I've ever known. Um, and you know, his, just, just watching his transition from just being, 
you know, in the grind and all about football. And, you know, I'm going to spend a hundred hours a week building the best defense that I can build in that this unbeatable game plan. And I'm going to have cards spread out from the front door to the back door and they will be color coded and then they will be on binders, you know, but, and he still does all of that, but seeing his focus change from being, you know, that coach, which is a good, strong, awesome, well-prepared coach to being this coach that is now, you know, this, this, you know, just all about his community. His heart is all about Kilgore. It's about the parents. It's about the kids. It's about the school district. It's about the teachers and, and watching him grow into, you know, a true leader, like not just, you know, a football coach, who, who loves the sport and loves the kids and wants to take care of things at the field house, but seeing him transition into, you know, this individual who wants to better his community um, and wants to make sure that the, the athletes and the students that come out of his program and are, are better in the community, um, that, that it's been really neat to kind of watch, watch that, not transition, but just watch that heart, um, you know, just kind of grow in him and just, you know, kind of become, you know, his, his mind and his focus. And, um, it's just, you know, he's, he still loves football, still all about football, of course, but just seeing him take kind of that bigger, that bigger role and that, that bigger investment has been you know, really cool to watch this, this last year. Yeah, well, I want to say this before we we sign off tonight um, that you know I I guess uh, Braden uh, Jen Cobers' uh, husband is the only one I haven't actually worked with, but uh, we've gotten to know each other actually through this podcast. But uh, every other one of your husbands um, I've worked with or worked for and have the utmost respect for and count all of them as huge mentors of mine and. And uh, they've all had great impacts on me, which is why I picked y'all. Um, and I, I, I respect y'all in, in turn. And so um, just want to um, thank y'all for being such great support systems for your husbands and um, for, for being there for them and being great examples to, to other coaches' wives that you've been around. And it's not easy. And so I know I'm, I'm speaking for them also, but we appreciate it so much. And it's it's uh, so much easier for us as coaches to come home and know that we have someone supporting us and that when it seems like everyone else is against us, we have someone at home who's happy to see us and going to tell us it's going to be okay. Suck it up if we need to hear that too. But anyway, so thank y'all so much. We're, I, I want to, before we close out, Jen Cober, you know, if y'all are, if, if you're listening to this and you like this kind of stuff, Jen, I know y'all are getting ready to start a, an actually a coach's wives podcast. So I'll let you kind of give a, quick commercial for that really quick about what you're going to be doing with that. Yeah. So another coach's wife, friend of mine, uh, her husband and my husband work together and we are going to really just focus on being a coach's wife and what it's like and talk about all kinds of different things. It's called end zone wives. Um, we will be releasing it in August, not sure exactly which date, but we will start, we will be releasing in August and we're really excited about it. And we want to have, stories from coaches wives we want you know to have coaches wives on as guests and just tell our stories and be a support system because you know 
I know a lot of these ladies already know each other and I don't know them all, but I already just feel like it's like a community that you're a part of, even if you just meet them, because there's stuff that we understand that nobody else will ever understand when you're a coach's wife. So that's kind of where we're going with that. And we're really kind of focusing not just coaches' wives, but like Texas high school football coaching coaches' families, because there's nothing like Texas high school football, really. It's it's the best football ever. <laughs> Amen. Well, we can so. just we can we can wrap things up and go home now. That was uh that was an awesome way to end it. Uh, well, we'll definitely be uh, we'll, we'll be promoting that uh, when that when that comes out here and let you guys know and and your wives know when that's going to be available. Ladies, I know we got we got stuff to get to. Our kids are the movie is over and now I hear feet running around and who knows what's going on uh, up there. So we probably better go check on them. But thank you all so much uh, for for joining us tonight or joining me tonight and for doing this. Really appreciate it. Wow. Well, that was a fun one. Really enjoyed talking to all of those ladies. And, you know, what I said there towards the end was true. Uh, I have a ton of respect for each of their husbands. And, you know, I'm so thankful for those ladies for being such supportive partners to their to their husbands and for being uh, uh, just such great support systems for uh, my own wife. And uh, again, uh, make sure you check out Jennifer Cobra's new podcast coming out later next month, geared toward coaches wives. It's called End Zone Wives. Uh, I'll be passing along information about a specific release date and future episodes as soon as I hear from her. But that is going to be awesome and and probably something really good to listen to this season on the way to those out-of-town football games, ladies, I would imagine. Now, uh, uh, something a little bit different than uh, we what we normally do on this podcast. We're going to do a little bit of, um, I guess this is like director cut or extended uh, edition of the episode. My wife and I were talking uh, about the episode after we recorded it and we realized that there were a lot of things that we didn't get to cover in our conversation because of, you know, time constraints and just, you forget things, you know, when you're in the moment talking and then you go back and you listen to it and you realize there were some things you wish you had said and wish you had said differently. So after talking about it, we decided we'd leave you with three things that a coaching couple or coaching couples can do to make the craziness of football season, maybe a little bit smoother. And, you know, to be clear, these are not things that we have perfected. Uh, in fact, I would say there are areas where we have struggled in the past. So because of that, we came up with three, you know, three ways that you can, um, or three things that you can do to help football season go by a little smoother and maybe some solutions to go along with that. And so I have my wife, Chelsea, here with me to help me through this. So, all right, Chelsea, we're talking about three things coaches and their wives can do to make football season go smoother for all parties involved. What's the first one? Okay. First one is positivity. Um, the amount of hours worked in the season are what they are. They can't be changed. So wives having a positive attitude is so important. Um, it'd be so easy to complain amongst ourselves about how much our husbands are away, but there's really no place for that and no time for it either. So we can be constructive and efficient with our time by building each other up and our husbands up and our conversations with each other amongst the wives and also how we speak to and about our husbands with other people. Um, positive words and positive thinking has so much power on a coaching staff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that obviously as coaches, we have it on uh, the responsibility to work as efficiently as possible and, you know, make the time that we're away from, from our wives and kids, you know, really count. 
but I also think so to take this in another direction for being positive, take it, you know, put it, put on us coaches when, when you're, you're coming home or you're, you're dealing with a loss, all you guys know, you, know, you lose a game. And the first thing you're doing, you're win or lose. The first thing you do is you're walking the field, looking for your family. And when you lose a game, it, 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 it hurts. It's, it's really, you know, it's painful, but when you see your family, it makes it not so bad, right? Because they're there to support you. And so I think one thing that I, that I try to do is, you know, by Saturday morning, like flush it, it's gotta be over. Um, because, you know, our kids, Chelsea, like, you know, they're, they don't know, you know, they do know, they know that daddy lost or whatever, but for them, like they still want their dad to play with them on Saturday, or they still want, you know, dad to come to their soccer game on Saturday. So I think that's when it, we're talking about being positive, that's one way, one area where coaches, can uh can can you know kind of step in and, and and be more positive is when things are going badly or not the way you want them don't take that at home you know leave that stuff at work or have a you know if you lose a game have a you know by saturday morning we're, we're letting that thing go all right so our second one is uh keeping perspective and i'll i'll kind of talk about what i meant by that because we were sort of throwing this around i think sometimes during football season coaches can sometimes think that our job is a little more important than it actually is. You know, um, if we're, we boil it down, we're, we're coaching high school kids, you know, to, to play a game and our job in the grand scheme of things. And this is going to sound bad, but is, is not that important. Yes. We're molding the youth of America. We're, you know, it's our, our, our high school, the perception of our school and our town hangs on what we do on Friday night. I get all that, but I mean, you know, we're not doing brain surgery here. Like this is, uh, and so sometimes I know in the past I've thought or put my schedule or what I have to do over what you've had to do, you know, where, whether it's your own schedule or your own job, um, what you have to do with the kids. And I think that it's really important for coaches to keep perspective and in, in the sense that, you know, we need to, I need to be thinking about in addition to what I have to do, how can I make your job easier and lighten, lighten your load at home? Whether that's the kid saying, "Hey, bring the kids up to the, the field house and let them run around," or just whatever I can do to make your job at home easier, I should look for ways to do that. Yeah. So we each have our own goals that we're working toward and striving toward, but um, in a marriage, we just have to be mindful of each other. And I think um, that's what keeping perspective is about for me. Is waking up each day and seeing how I can make your day better or your day easier instead of just solely focusing on, on what I have to do. And then the strains of keeping the house together in football season, just by myself. Um, but then, you know, just being a, having a partnership and, um, just finding ways to help each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think maybe perspective, we could have changed this to maybe just be other centered or think about the other one more or, you know, instead of yourself or however we want to, you know, word that. But I think if, if you go throughout the day thinking, how can I make my husband's job easier? Or how can I make my wife's job easier? I think that's going to get rid of a lot of resentment that can come from both sides that can, that can come from being apart. And well, she's not doing this. Well, he's not doing this. Well, I'm at home doing this. And he's what I think right. if we're, we're focused on how can we help each other? then that makes it can, that can kind of head off a lot of that before, before it happens. That's a lot easier said than done. Um, we know that. Um, okay, so the third one is then carving out time 
for each other, which a lot of people laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? Um, but we have, I think this past year was probably the best we, job we did of it. Mm-hmm. We have three kids, you know, we're busy, you know, kids, you know, playing stuff on the weekends and, and you know, we work on the weekends, all that kind of stuff. But our night was Wednesday night, right? Mm-hmm. We, we kind of mm-hmm. had a standing date. And when I say date, that's in air quotes. Date didn't mean we went out. You know, it could have been, we just, we got the kids to bed and then we just talked and had some adult conversation, maybe wait, waited, had dinner later or whatever. But uh, I thought that was, for me, that was, I, I look forward to Wednesday nights. How, what, what did you think about that? Yeah. And I think kind of planning ahead and and knowing that it's coming means that Wednesday night, I, I can't, I can't plan to just go to, go to bed at eight when the kids go to bed. I can't plan to do all these other things, but just kind of know that I'm setting aside time. We're not going out to eat. We're just spending time together, talking, reconnecting, discussing on a deeper level other than just the passings of the day, every day. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah, I think that's that's really important because otherwise you just kind of, uh, then then you start to see each other more as just just partners and not as husband and wife. You kind of slap hands as you walk, as you pass each other in the hallway, like, what's up? How's everything going? Good, good. All right, good. See you. So I think that's that's really big. And it's difficult, but I think that if you can make it, you know, car, set aside that time and then then, you know, again, there would be times where, you know, we would hang out and you might go to bed and then I I, I go finish up some stuff, you know, before I go to bed or whatever. But we knew that like that time was was our time. And, and, uh, that was, that was, uh, something that made, made the week easier and just kept our relationship strong through the, uh, strains of a uh, hectic football season. Yeah. All right. Well, those are the three things that we have that we thought, you know, we, we didn't really mention in the episode that we thought might help you guys take it, leave it, uh, whatever you want to do with that. But uh, anyway, once again, thanks to Jennifer Gibson, Holly Jones, Emily Fuller, Desi Hickman, Jen Cober, and my wife, Chelsea, for taking some time to share with us today. Uh, make sure you share this episode with all your friends and do us a solid and make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and leave us a review, both of which go a long way in spreading the word about what we got going on over here. Our quote today comes from the book of Proverbs chapter 31 and it's verses 10 through 11. It goes like this, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. And with that, we will put a bow on this episode of KYPD. We are coming to the end of this season of the podcast. So subscribe now so you don't miss any of our final episodes of season three and join us back here next week for another unique episode uh, of the podcast. Another first for, for this podcast that we're looking forward to sharing with you next week. That's episode number 143. Until then, hey, coaches, take your wife out on a date this week. Do some stuff to help out around the house and make sure you tell her how much you appreciate her. In other words, what I'm saying is if you haven't already been doing so, you better start making some serious deposits in the old love bank because you're about to be making some heavy withdrawals here in a couple of weeks and really in the couple of months with this season approaching. In addition to that, there's one more thing the ladies got for you tonight, and that is... Keep your Your pads pads down. down.